eerste ervaring. En nu, ladies en gentlemen, uw attention, please. Big decisions have even bigger consequences in the world of marketing leadership, where data informs everything, second chances are rare, and ROI is no longer the only metric that matters. Please join us as we go inside the funnel. Those who know me know that I am a middle-aged man living in the suburbs and a father of two boys, which by definition... Don't you laugh? You're I'm the sorry. Same way. <laughs> I'm not. A, I am not. Jenna, I, you are. She's not. I am emotionally. <laughs> you are emotionally a middle-aged man living in the suburbs. <laughs> All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> but but by extension, what it means is that I love trivia. I can't remember anything from one meaningful conversation to the next. But ask me if the Battle of Cressy in 1346 was more substantial and meaningful than Agincourt, which is much more famous many years later. And I, I will have an opinion. But what I love about you guys is you also love trivia. So, Dan, as a trivia maestro, why don't you ask us a couple of good questions? All right. I'm glad you asked because I had a couple prepared. Get out. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number 25 on the periodic table of elements. Which element is represented by the symbol MN? I, I mean, it's manganese. Manganese. Right? Manganese. Good. Ooh, we both yes. got manganese. Look at us. I didn't think Virtual I high five. Yeah. Virtual high five. high five. Very science. Such quite science. All right, one more. Here we go. All right. In linguistics, a collective noun is a word referring to a collection of things taken as a whole. For example, a group of people or a pride of lions. What is the collective noun for rhinoceroses? Oh, I didn't know that. I missed my lifetime. A stampede. I, no, 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 no. It's better a than horde. that. It's better than no, that. Okay, it's, go then. Okay, it's it an onomatopoeia. Might be my favorite. Might be my favorite collective noun. It's an onomatopoeia. No, not an onomatopoeia of rhinoceroses. That no, would no, be no, weird. No. no. You're on the right it's track, a though. Crash, it's a crash of rhinoceroses. Oh, of course, it's Did a crash. Insert a uh, celebratory sound effect here. There you go. <laughs> well done, guys. Of course, it's a crash. Wow, I'm sad mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the person I thought I was is the one that would for sure get the collective noun and screw up the uh, periodic table. But look at Look I am a suburban middle-aged man dad. A, ma- a man dad. I am a man dad, it turns out. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys a, a trivia question. Why do we count time in base 60? So 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour. Oh, this is something I've looked up in the past. I have always assumed it's something to do with the amount of time it takes to do a day divided into increments. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> no. So it's um, it's an ancient way of counting, but the, w- the way that it works is that you can count 12 on one hand using the segments of your fingers while tapping them with your thumb. Right, there's 12 of those. Okay. And every time you complete a round of 12, you hold up a finger on the other hand. So that takes you to 60. Right, 5 times 12, yeah. 
five times twelve, oh, right? And it is it's an ancient way of uh, of counting, and it was first documented by the Mesopotamians around six thousand years ago. Huh. So there's something that's endured, right? Mm-hmm. Today, well, also, to this like, day, isn't a cubit the length of arm between your elbow and your wrist? Like, all, not everybody's cubit is the same length. <laughs> But anyway, sorry, I digress. But, but, but also, you, you don't necessarily <laughs> count. Do, do you count in cubits? I, you I know, don't when know. When you're building I mean, your pyramids? Or, I, yeah, I, I don't when know I'm out building my pyramid in my backyard, I sure do. That's one, that's two. I am yeah. deeply intrigued as to where this is all going. <laughs> well, where it's going is things that endure because they still make sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so we've got a unit of counting time that we use for calculating spaceships and rockets and all of this wonderful stuff as well as mundane everyday things that has lasted over 6,000 years and yet it the same cannot be said for other things in our day-to-day work so one thing that has changed radically and is changing in real time in increments of 60 seconds almost you might say Mm -hmm. is SEO Yep. Oh, so I see what you did there, NASA. You see, you see what I did? It's all coming so clear now. Right. Unlike your camera, which is really hazy. Right. But yes, I don't know why that better is. Better for everyone, I think. I think got, so. It's got Vaseline on the lens. So oh, I, I, I think, I think in where we're going with this is we know that the SEO world is radically changing. And I, I don't think that's a big enough word, right, Jenna? I mean, yeah. the landscape has changed quite significantly now now it actually has right like five years ago there was the seo is dead blah 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 and it 100 percent wasn't dead uh it still isn't dead today but yeah it's different like big different yep so so, so tell us what is influencing uh seo today that is driving this change yeah it's really it's really the serp itself so serp s-e-r-p search engine results page for those of you who don't know my silly acronym, well, it's not mine. It's not my acronym. Acronym? 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 You guys, acronism? Am, I, am I stroking out right now? Yeah. I don't, okay. <laughs> um, within the SERP, though, there's three big trends that we're really seeing right now. The first of those is the increasing visualization of the SERP. The second of those is the what we refer to here at DAC as the zero clickification of the SERP which has been going on for a while, but it's really evident now. And then the third is the monetization of the SERP. So, you know, what we're seeing on every single SERP layout is significant changes. Google and the others, of course, uh, have always been changing their SERP layout. But we're really seeing a lot of imagery, a lot of videos, a lot of um, answer boxes or position zero, other things that don't require a click-through. And we are seeing a ton of change in the paid ad landscape as well. And all of those things coming together are really uh, changing what it looks like to try to appear for an organic search result in a significant position on that SERP. So, but why is it changing? Like, why is Google changing um, all of these things? Like, what is it responding to in well, order to make it more visual? Yeah, so a few things. User beha- It's always responding to user behavior, of course, right? So we know that People consume visual content way more than they ever have. Look at TikTok. So me, for example, I refused to get TikTok for a very long time, and then I did. And now I refuse to go on it more than once a week because when I do, I am in at least an hour-long rabbit hole, like at least, right? And 
everybody is consuming visual content this way. And we know also that if you do studies on how much of your website people are reading, like the actual textual words, people are barely reading the words anymore. They're going to watch the videos. They're looking for the quick snippets. And so it's just the way that user behavior is changing. And Google is constantly responding to user behavior. But they are also responding to what they believe is competitive threat. So I think it was at the end of last year, end of 2021, TikTok got more traffic than Google. That's an, that's an astounding stat to me, right? That people will go onto TikTok more than they will search for things on Google. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're using TikTok as a search engine, although the amount of volume of hashtags that are searched might indicate that they are in, in part, but simply that's how people want to receive information right now. So Google's paying attention to how users are working, but they're also paying attention to what they deem the competitive landscape to be. And TikTok is now a competitor, which is a bizarre thing to think about for a person who's thinking about search. Completely. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's the element of user behavior, but it's also almost as if Google wants to retain a lot more of the traffic itself. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. You see things like... um, you know the 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 local maps pack showing yep. up more and more. Yep. So maybe like what what what's going on there? Well, do you want me to put on my shiny tinfoil hat, or do you want me? Do it. Do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my shiny tinfoil hat says Google's doing the land grab and trying to you know maintain its superiority and its position and all of these things. So it's you know Alphabet's uh, mission of do no harm, which I think they've actually changed. <laughs> that used to be what it was is their, their mission is always to give the person the best result for their query, full stop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can argue that that's what they are doing. Because if you get an answer box that answers your question and you don't have to go click through and go find it on the web page, cool, great. That's great for me as Jenna Watson user X on Google, right? Um, so that makes sense. But I think more realistically what's probably happening is as the SERP gets more and more ad units on it, Look at the prevalence of shopping ads, right? Mm-hmm. Look at look at all the different ways that the advertising takes up the landscape on the SERP. If you could keep somebody there and perhaps they have a further question that they would like answered, they might find an answer to that in a paid listing, perhaps. So it's a combo. I think sometimes it's easy for us to forget that you know, Google's mission and their their mission statement is, you know, organizing the world's information. It is not send lots of visitors to people's websites, right? So they're not incented. They're not, you know, they're, they're, the, we believe that Google's job is to send traffic to a website, but it's not really. No. It's to yeah, give right. people answers to questions that they need, right? Yeah. That's their number one. So let's, you know, in the less nefarious version where they're not really out to, you know, serve shareholder interests primarily, which obviously they are through ad revenues and trying to drive them up through all these different monetization channels. But sure. a lot of those in the moment, you know, um, rich text answers or the the um, the those predictive uh, answers that they give to, to searches that keep people on the website is really just about them fulfilling on their vision, right? Which is to give people answers to questions and then let them go about their business. Right. Well, what what I find interesting about that is where it understands consumer intent by serving up local ads or local results to even non-local queries mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's increasingly happening because they're determining that yes, even though you didn't explicitly ask for right. this, 
um, to be a local result, I'm still going to give you a local experience because I, I know, know. Right. And they can. No, I believe I know yeah. that, that this matters to you. And they're yeah. doing it because they can. Ten years ago, they couldn't do it. They didn't, they didn't just decide all of a sudden, let's be better at this. It wasn't possible technically ten years ago to do what they're doing today. So now with the compute and the artificial intelligence they have at their disposal, they can actually intercept people's intentions in a much more effective way. But that has a downstream impact on the things that you know marketers are trying to do sometimes. SEO people in the audience will remember BERT, right? So mm-hmm. the, the natural language processing algorithm uh, update or new algorithm, whatever we want to call it. And that, I think, was that game changer, Dan, that you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Where it can really intuit the intention mm-hmm. behind the query like it never could before. So there's a little plug for you SEO people out there who know more about it than I do, but mm-hmm. there you have mm-hmm. it. But then if you think about how SEO people are getting compensated or have always been compensated um it's about getting that traffic to the website which as dan said is not a thing google cares about exactly so what's the impact on that i mean how is it impacting traffic to the website well sir it's not a bit good uh we are we are seeing a lot of trends that are really really compelling in a not great way but in a way that indicates that these changes are something everybody needs to be made aware of. So for example, it used to be the primary job of an SEO person to increase rankings to a higher position on the SERP because with increased rankings, you get more clicks, you get more traffic, you get more conversions. What we are seeing now is that even when our efforts are providing increased rankings, the impression volume is lower. Do that math. That doesn't work out in the old SEO way, right? In the old SEO way, you, you increase position, you get more impressions, therefore you get more clicks. Now you increase position doesn't mean you get more impressions. And that is because it's not being served up as often or in those, you know, in those higher positions as often because of the way the SERP is doling out its responses. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to that earlier example because uh, you're talking metrics and measurement here. Mm-hmm. In that earlier example, we have an enduring metric um, that has been that was compelling and, and designed for a specific reason and has has uh, endured through thousands of years. Here, where we have traditional SEO metrics that go all the way back to you know I don't know the late '90s almost, uh, depending mm-hmm. on who was around yeah, then, right? In in this space, rankings and and you know clicks and dare i say it hits um how do we measure this today in a way that doesn't feel like a cop-out yeah so i will say you still have to look at seo measurements on their own to understand if your efforts are impacting seo plain and simple but the thing you need to be doing is understanding, okay, I have done the SEO goodness. I have increased rankings by X, right? Um, Then though, you have to look at the holistic performance of your brand on the SERP. So you have to think, okay, SEO is no longer a standalone individual tactic that I deploy to make a whole bunch of air quotes free money. SEO is one way people can find information on the SERP. 
about my brand. It is one way. Paid search is another way. Shopping is another way. Local listings is another way. Images is another way, right? So videos is another way. You have to think about it as part of the collective SERP. And maybe it's worth reminding people that, you know, SEO stands for search engine optimization. That phrase, that uh, initialism was coined when a search engine was a specific thing. It is no longer that thing. It is so much more. So when we say SEO today, what a search engine is, is fundamentally different. So using a metric from version one to describe a an occurrence or a series of occurrences that are happening in version now is just, it's, it's incompatible, right? It's always meant I free traffic to my website. That's what SEO means. But today it means a composition of dozens of things that can be with assumed context or explicit context or paid influence, all of these things that comprises what a search engine is. So I think it's really a good time for people to start thinking about reframing their understanding of what SEO should mean. And, and by virtue of that, what a search engine means to their business. So what are thoughts that you might have then, Dan, in terms of how to actually measure the impact of this? Um, well, I mean, we think, you know, the, the folly with, you know, organic visits over time, which is what everybody looks at. And that's going down for everybody, I would say, unless you're sort of some hot brand or some, you know, you're capitalizing on some, um, some broader movement that is seeing your traffic go up. Anybody doing year over year over year analysis of a fairly static market or environment is probably going to see that number going down. Similar, similarly, you know, if I bet at 25 years ago, McDonald's had a KPI about the number of Big Macs being sold. For sure they did, right? And that was a real indicator of the health of their business overall. And I bet today if they only use that metric as an indicator for their business, they wouldn't be looking so good. But they're doing fine because they've adjusted the way they measure success of their business with the movement in consumer behavior and the movement in dietary requirements and the complexities of their menu and so on. So similarly, similarly, I think we need to be looking um, beyond sort of this attribution problem. You know, the role that a that great optimization on a search engine has on your business can't be understood with a simple metric of organic visits over time. That's, that's an attribution problem. We need to look at... Um, beyond this sort of one-dimensional perspective and look at the, all of the different metrics we can get our hands on and how can we compose them together to tell a bigger story uh, about the influence that the search engine is having on ultimately conversions uh, and revenue, frankly. So I think this point, Jenna, about you know traditional SEO, once upon a time, you, know, you, would, you would audit things and you'd say you need to change your H1 tags and, and all of this sort of stuff around the website itself. What, what does SEO constitute today and moving forward, if we want to think about it in the context that Dan talked about? Yeah, you still have to do that, right? What, uh, what I will term technical SEO, you still have to do that because some of the signals that Google is going to take into account as to whether your content is valuable is how easily accessible it is to users and how valuable they find it. So things like page speed, right? Still critically important that the overall user experience and making sure that that's seamless for a human is still going to be a huge part of what we can say SEO is. Above and beyond that, though, SEO has always been about content, still is. But when we used to say content, we meant what you just said, right? Titles, metas, some on-page copy. 
you still need titles, meta, some on-page copy. But what we have to think about now is everything that goes into content that a user could find about your brand. So that means things like video. That means things like optimizing your images. That means, um, you know, local listings management. If you have locations or even service areas, that means, um, even thinking through other people's content that is about your brand and how you can own that and get that. So influencer content, for example, and then even thinking into the future as we are steadily creeping towards this metaverse deal, you got to start thinking about even more immersive experiences, AR, VR. How are people going to discover your brand and engage with your brand? Because Google is able and will be able to crawl and index any and all of that. And it already is. Right. If you look at the SERP today, it's extremely visual. You're going to see videos and images as a baseline in organic right now. Um, so at a very baseline, if all you've been focusing on for SEO is textual content, you're already behind the eight ball. So it's really any type of content at all that a user could find about your brand that will inform their opinion of your brand. On your website and beyond your website. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's good if you can own it and keep it on your website and do all that sort of thing. But you need to look at the whole universe of content that is yours uh, to own as a brand. Uh-huh. 100%. So, you, so you're talking about things like YouTube content, yep. social content, yep. right? All of those different areas. Yeah, I care less about social from an SEO perspective. But yes, you always want to make sure that that's valid and usable. And also the good thing about social is uh, it should, it can and should be reusable in many different places. Uh, but yeah, YouTube for sure. I mean, go look at any SERP that has a video on it, it's pulling that video from YouTube. And so even just optimizing not only your video content that you put on your website, but optimizing your actual YouTube page, your YouTube experience is something that would be valuable as well. Absolutely. Yep. What about optimization of marketplaces and, and like an Amazon? And that oh, 100%. For- 100%. So Amazon has an algorithm too, right? It's A9, I think is what it's called. It probably mm-hmm. used to be anyway, if it's not still. Um and it's not as smart and as savvy as what Google's got going on, but it's definitely a search engine. And so if you're just throwing some products up on Amazon without giving any thought to what's in your content, what's in those bullet points, how many different images are you showing? Are you including a video? Are you showing it on a person if it's a product that a person would wear or carry? Right? If you're not giving that some thought, you're going to fail compared to the competitors who have thought that through. So this brings us, I think, very neatly to the core of the challenge now, because once upon a time you'd go to these SEO conferences and the person on on the stage would say, you know, the the answer to this is to create compelling content. And everybody would sit down and they'd write that and they'd write, create compelling content. (laughs) And then you'd see them all pause and look up again and think, okay, but how do I do that? Right. right. I'm an SEO practitioner. right? I'm not a creative. Like, how do I create compelling content? And they would never tell you how to do it because the truth is they didn't know. Sure. Yeah, right? sure. They would they would sit there and tell someone else, okay, now you need to create compelling <laughs> content. So so how do you actually do that now that you're having to think about it beyond beyond the website and into all of these different platforms and channels? The same way you do truly good omni-channel marketing by understanding your customer, right? So if you don't have 
data-informed personas or segmentation. If you don't actually know the psychographics and what's going to push one of your target customers to choose you, you need to know that. Um, because whatever we can learn about our customers, our target customers, especially take everything you've got in, in your customer file right now and use that to make a well-rounded picture of that customer. Because if you can step inside their shoes and act as though you are them, you will understand what kind of content needs to come out of that. And so that's where your content strategy team comes into play, right? Use your strategic insights team, Nasser, to go help round out what we know about those audiences. Get a real clear picture of what they are, of who they are and what they care about. And then look at a full-on content strategy that would go beyond your website into all those other places we're talking about to give you the messaging, the calls to action, the the reasons to care that are going to push people through. So it's really the same basic foundation of doing truly good marketing anyway, right? Know who your customers are and how to talk to them. It's just got to extend more broadly than the the SEO bucket has to extend more broadly than it used to. Right. And I think that's you know, back to my earlier point about, you know, composing several metrics, like, you know, some of the clients we're working with are are aware of this sort of multifaceted influence over things they care about, revenue or foot traffic to their store or customer count or order value, whatever the metric is they care, uh, and spending some time and effort, like stringing together all of the metrics that are available, you know, organic visits, sure, that's important, but you know, driving directions, impressions, uh, how many phone calls you get through GMB, how many reviews you have, how many posts you're putting in, the views they're getting. If you can string them together and build a bit of a model to understand that for your particular audience, um, reviews and the way they're being interfaced with is, you know, correlates very tightly to upticks in revenue or um, customer account, yep. then that's something you should focus on. And then that should drive your strategy. So don't just take this, let's go make good content and do good SEO thing. Like, let's get a little bit more surgical and precise. Again, Google has all of these powers and tools to use machine learning and uh, data science to predict what you want. Guess what? You have access to those same tools. You can do a better job at understanding what's driving customer behavior that you're looking for and then put your energy towards that. And a lot of it happens on the free side of the search engine that you can't touch and it should be considered SEO. Yep. So controversial opinion or question, should we even be calling this SEO anymore? I think, honestly, Nasser, I think it's never been more SEO than it is right (laughs) now, right? Search engine optimization, that is a holistic term. You could argue the way you spend money or don't on certain keywords at certain points of time in certain markets is a piece of optimizing your presence in a search engine, right? And you should be able to factor that into your analysis. Your paid efforts and the influence that it has should be able to be an on-off switch inside your reporting to say, in totality, how is this channel performing for me, right? Because the average Joe customer doesn't care. They don't even know if it's a paid link or a free link or whatever. They don't know. They're just saying, gimme, 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 and click. So why, why should, or not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Give me, give me, give me, thank you. And then they move on. Uh-huh. So why are we so hell bent on like, uh, like segmenting all of these things and fractionalizing all of this effort instead of sitting back and looking, okay, how do I tune this thing from a macro level to make sure that it's giving me what I need uh, at the end of the day and is serving our, my, my customer base appropriately? 
And I think the more we can do that, you know, again, we're not saying put it all into a blender and shake it up and, and one number only. You need to be able to extract certain things. I get that, I, you know, but I'm saying you need to be able to look at them all in the context of one another to be able to understand the influence. Again, it's an attribution problem, right? It's a, it's a very complicated uh, attribution situation, but there are solutions for it if you want to look at them. I, I think the simple reason for why we don't look at it that way as an industry is, A, there are vested interests and jobs at stake um, where mm -hmm. people have traditionally been looking at things and built careers around things being in this highly fragmented and siloed environment. And B, what you've described between the two of you is incredibly difficult to pull off, um, especially if you don't have the resources that include traditional technical SEO, development capabilities, content creation, content planning, data science capabilities, as well as insights. All of these elements together are what are required mm -hmm. to actually deliver on search engine excellence in 22 and beyond. That's mm -hmm. Yep, that's good. Yeah, and those technical things are no less important right. than they ever were. Right. Right. It's arguably more because now you're into performance and rendering time and time to first byte metrics and all of this stuff that matters deeply. It's all mobile first. It's all stuff it never was before. Yet we still worry about how many new visits came for free to my website. <laughs> and if the line goes down, someone's getting yelled at. Yep. Right. Yep. And it just doesn't make sense. I'm not sure why people are still doing that. Right. So. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely, uh, it, it's really an inflection I can see in this whole space right now. Definitely. So round, round us out then, Dan. It's been a little bit since I asked you this, but what about this subject gives you the frustration? Again, it's unwillingness to change. You know, it's so funny how relatively new this whole space is, but how like hardened and calcified people's perspectives can be, right? The thought of removing this metric or ignoring it completely in, in lieu of a much more sophisticated composition of various uh, signals to tell a fuller story. It's just off the table for so many people, and I just don't get it. The people that are in these jobs are just like us. They've been around not that long. They're like, they're, we're the ones that would sit in rooms and say, oh man, those old guys in the corner, they don't listen to us, they don't hear us, they don't understand <laughs> that this is the new world and the new age, and now they're becoming, they're becoming part of the problem. And I think everybody needs to, you know, we need to be so open to change across this industry at all, uh, you know, in, in all areas. And this is certainly one of them. So, you know, the frustrating stuff is the people that are, are missing the opportunity to do, you know, to tell a much better story and to really dial things up um, because they're so focused on the, the tree instead of the forest. And with that, Frustrate, we come to the end of our uh, finger-based time. <laughs> that, uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. From Dan Tamby, Jenna Watson, and myself, Nasser Salul, thank you for joining us on Inside the Funnel. You've been listening to Inside the Funnel with Jenna Watson, Dan Tamby, and Nasser Salul. Until next time, don't forget to like, subscribe, and connect with the AC wherever you see us online.